Hey everyone, and welcome to our Conversations podcast. We are still all up in the middle of things like vacation season and trying to recover from Christmas and some of those extra things that we do around Christmas as a church. Uh, so we are still doing, um, Jeff's doing one Conversations podcast, and then I'll come back and do one or two, and then he'll come back and do one or two. Uh, but we'll get together and start uh, continuing our series on doctrine very soon. But today, you've got me, Chris, with you, and I've been, while Jeff is gone from church, I've been um, kind of working through some parables, and that's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed looking through those stories that Jesus told, and so I thought for a couple of these Conversations podcasts, maybe I would look at one that would be just a little bit shorter to go through that, you know, maybe I don't want to... Uh, shorten it up for church or whatever, but for a podcast, it's a very good length and and a really good thing to talk about and and draw some application from. And so we're going to talk about a parable today, which again, and I've mentioned this every time I've spoken on them, but a parable is a story that Jesus told and it tells a message, gives a meaning uh, about the kingdom of heaven. And today we are going to talk about one that you might know, especially if you grew up in church and you know, when you were a kid, you got to sing the wise man built his house upon a rock. The wise man built his house upon a rock, you know, and kept singing that over and over. And then you talk about how the flood comes in and the rain comes down and then the foolish man's house went splat. Um, and so we're going to talk about that parable today. So let me read this for you. Uh, this is in Matthew seven, twenty-four through 27. And it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse, because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So, um, you know, here we're talking about a foundation, and I'm sure that's a word that plenty of you guys know. Uh, when I was growing up, my dad owned a construction company, and there's a reason that we use the word foundation when we're talking about uh, something important or structural integrity. You know, we use the word foundation to talk about a lot of different things, the foundation of our life, um, a lot of people have like a foundation of their budget. All right, here's the things we have to pay first. Um, you know, a foundation of ministry sometimes, even for, for us pastors, you know, we might say this is the foundation of my ministry. Um, you know, trust being a foundation of a marriage or Jesus being the foundation of a marriage. So we use that word foundation a lot. You know, it's an important thing. Um, when you're talking about house building, it's the first thing to get built. Uh, it's the first thing to get put down. Everything in the house rests on that foundation. Uh, if the foundation is faulty, if there's a problem with it, or if it's built wrong, not much else matters, and it won't stand up to things like decay over time. Uh, it won't stand up to strong winds. It won't stand up to floods. It won't stand up to earthquakes. So if we have a bad foundation in our house, it will not stand against tests and trials. So when something tests it, it will not stand up to it. Um, you know, we live in a house, and that's where I'm filming from. We live in a house that was built around 1900. 
So that makes this house about 120 years old. Um, you know, it doesn't feel that old when we're talking about a house. You know, you think, oh, this house was built in 1900. Okay, cool. Um, but, you know, when you start putting that in perspective, this thing, you know, this house lived through Teddy Roosevelt's presidency. Um, you know, it it lived through the Kennedy assassination, um, the newspaper strikes, the Great Depression, two world wars. You know, these are things that we we put out of our mind as uh, ancient history, but not ancient history. Sorry, if some of you guys lived through this and just heard me uh, use the word ancient history, that's not what I meant. Just in general history. We think of these things as things that have happened long, long ago. You're not ancient. But we put these things out of our mind as history, as something that's long ago and forgotten. But, I mean, our house lived through all that, and and how has it stood against winds and storms for that long, even though we've had to replace siding and replace the roof and things like that? Um, When we look at it, it comes down to the fact that it has a good foundation. So let's, let's talk about foundation and kind of apply that to this parable, because in the parable it says that this wise man... Um, or the people that listen to Jesus' teachings and obey them are like a wise man that built their house on a rock. Uh, so we're immediately tempted to think of Jesus as the rock in the story, and, and there's good reason for that. You know, he's called the rock of our salvation. Um, he's obviously saying to live your life built on him, but the first sentence gives us a second meaning and one that we can't really forget. And it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. And it's like that person that built his house on the rock. So we're not talking about just saying you're building your life on Jesus. We're talking about listening to and following Jesus. Now, if you're really following Jesus, if you've really made a decision that you're going to you know, live your life for Jesus, you're going to follow him, then you're going to be listening to his teaching. You're going to be following his teaching. That's part of being in Christ is growing in Christ. And that's what we're talking about here. But, you know, we have a lot of people that that listen or hear what Jesus has to say, hear what we have to say, hear what the Bible have to say. Um, you know, they, they hear what all these things have to say. And some of them even use the name of Jesus. Some of them say, you know, I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher, you know, I believe in Jesus. But then they give us something that contradicts the Bible. So maybe they use the name of Jesus, they talk about how they're a Christian, but there's just no evidence that they're really following him. There's no listening to what Jesus says and then obeying him. Um, So both of these things, the people that are actively using Jesus' name for something else and, you know, not obeying God, or the people that just hear it and go, no, I don't think I need that. Um, these are the people that the Bible says that they build their houses on sand. Um, so, you know, in this parable, these two are set against each other as opposites. They're juxtaposed as two opposite things. The wise man hears and obeys. The foolish man hears and disobeys. So you've got a wise man and a foolish man. The wise man hears. The wise man does what he hears. The foolish man hears. The foolish man does not do what he hears. So wise man hears and obeys, foolish man hears and disobeys. So um, kind of a story to, to illustrate this. Once, you know, we were out at a job site and we were building a church for a mission trip. So this church had outgrown their facility. Every year we would go to a place um, and talk to a church there that had, had outgrown their facility and we would plan on helping them to 
build a new facility to move into. So they had extra room because these churches were growing very well. Um, you know, I'm probably 15 years old on this mission trip. And uh, so, you know, we're out there building this building, all that fun stuff. And I see a man that's an adult, uh, middle-aged, and he is doing something that is structurally incorrect. Now, now, 15-year-old me is not some kind of construction wizard, but 15-year-old me has grown up doing construction. I've worked with my dad uh, doing construction and, and doing, I mean, like bottom-to-top house building pretty much my whole life. So I see this, I'm going, oh, that's not right. You know, something's going to be a problem there soon. And so I tell him. Now, now we know how 15-year-olds can be sometime, and I know how I was as a 15-year-old. So, you know, I don't remember as a 15-year-old if I presented this fact well or not. But, um, you know, after I told him, hey, man, this is wrong, this isn't the way to do that, he continued to do it the way he was doing it. So I had to go let an adult know so that we could fix it. So I'm not saying this was a foolish man. What I'm saying is that he heard what I was saying, and he did not listen. He did not act on it. He did not fix it. And so if we continue doing that, so, you know, if he says, you know, I don't really want to listen to what this 15-year-old kid has to say, and then continues doing it wrong, not only is he affecting his workmanship, he's affecting the future of this building. And so he's setting a bad foundation, which sets a bad future. So, um... You know, we tend to do that to Jesus sometimes. We tend to hear his words. We read his words in the Bible. We listen to people that talk about him. You know, we hear something in church. We hear something in a small group. We hear something online that is what Jesus wants us to hear. It is something, you know, from the Bible, and it's something that checks out with what Jesus wants to do us to do. So we hear that, but then we don't act on that. And so... We do this. We we don't act on things that we know are right, and so we build our foundation on sand. And so when we do that, we are described in the Bible as foolish. We are becoming structurally unsound, and we are um, we're messing up our foundation, which will mess up our future. So we hear how we should live our lives. We don't do it, and then the problem is when trials come— our house is going to come tumbling down because we've built on a bad foundation. And, you know, when we talk about what the Bible wants us to do and what Jesus' word says and what God's word says, um, a lot of people tend to see the Bible as this this set of rules designed to kill our fun and, um, you know, designed to fence us in. And it's kind of like, you know, a horse. We see the open field and we want to jump the fence and head into it. But that's the thing. The Bible, while it does present rules, is not here to make us unhappy. You know, it's like a child that's required to stay indoors during a tornado. If the tornado sirens go off and the weather siren goes off and stuff and our weather alert radio goes off, we're going to take our kids to the basement. Now, I have two kids that would rather be playing on the playground than be stuck in the basement. But keeping them inside is what is best for them. And so we're putting boundaries on them. We are locking them, probably in this room right here. This is in our basement. We are locking them in this little 12 by 8 room um, until it's safe to go out. And they may think that's something we are doing to make sure they can't have fun. 
But that's just not the case. The Bible is not just a set of rules. Uh, You know, the Bible helps us understand. God's word helps us understand how life works best. Um, It's kind of like an owner's manual. You know, they're going to, I mean, (laughs) the thing is, God created us. I've got all these different things that we have bought, and sometimes I keep the owner's manuals for them. The thing about the owner's manuals is they're written by the people that made it. So, you know, when I look at it, I'm going, well, how do these people know what they're talking about? Well, because they made it. You know, God created us. God gave us this manual, this this book that shows us how life works best and how God designed us to live. And too often we end up kind of throwing it away and going, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's exactly what I want to do. And that's a bad foundation. That's, um, you know, building a poor foundation when we just kind of toss that aside. But, you know, when we listen to the Bible, when we build a faith on a foundation that will last on on God and on the things that Jesus said, then the trials of life are going to come. You know, I, I know people and, um, you know, we kind of talk about it. And honestly, I mean, you know, when I look back at, at my life, it hasn't been ridiculously hard. And you know, you talk to people that are older and they go, yeah, I mean, it's, it's coming like a freight train. And, you know, I know people with much easier lives than mine that trials do come. Now, they don't always come in the same quantity or in the same, um, you know, level that other people's come in. But trials do come. And a weak foundation will leave you picking up some pieces. Now, here's the thing. Trials there are there are trials bad enough that you know they'll shatter everything else in our lives um guys i mean we've been to funerals for children and and you know parents that have lost their kids guys that's life shattering for people uh but the point of this is that even if everything else falls down our faith gets to remain resilient we still are able to have faith in god and so when we follow what God says. When we listen and obey what God says, we're building a foundation that will last. So the big question here is, how do we become structurally sound? Well, uh, first, we don't really want to treat it like a checklist. You know, we've talked about this before. We don't want our relationship building with God to become an obligation or something that you can say, well, I read my three pages of the Bible today. I'm going to check that off and I'm all done and just walk away from it. Um, you know, we don't want that to become an obligation, but there are really good things that we can do to build that relationship with God and to make sure that our relationship with God has a strong foundation. Um, and for me, it, it boils down to three kind of major categories, and that's uh, time with God, time with others in God, and talking about God. And so for time with God, I think our, our major things we should be doing we should be reading the Bible. You know, we can read other books too. I read a ton of books and I read a lot of books about the Bible and about the Christian faith and everything. Um, but we should always be falling back on the Bible, um, you know, on God's word. And, you know, when we read that, that's great. We also need to study that, which means we need to pick apart some stuff. You know, the last few podcasts have been about how to study the Bible. Um, we don't just need to be reading it just you know, surface level, we need to be studying it and kind of looking at what does this really mean? Uh, We need to be meditating on it. We need to be thinking about it, Um, you know, throughout the day and just turning it over and over in our mind and deciding, you know, 
um, not deciding what it means, but letting God reveal what it means and what he wants you to do. We need to be praying about it. We need to be talking to God about the little things in our lives, the big things in our lives, and about the things that you're meditating on and studying on. We also need to be talking about what God wants us to do with God. So those things, you know, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, praying to God, um, meditating, talking with God, uh, those are huge. But then the big thing is we end up sometimes getting into the point where we we listen to what God says there. We read it, we study it, we meditate on it, we talk to God about it, and then we don't do what it says. Um, and that's kind of where we fail sometimes because if we don't do what it says, that's where the Bible says we're all of a sudden foolish. We get all that head knowledge and it doesn't really change us and that doesn't help us. Um, so the next category, time with others. Um, you know, church, small group, corporate worship is a big deal. And I know right now with COVID stuff, um, you know, you might not be comfortable going in person, but finding some way to fellowship Look, we all have online burnout right now. Nobody wants to get on Zoom or on Facebook necessarily for a church service. But if you can find some way to connect with others, that is so much better than nothing. And, you know, we can we can watch church online. We can worship together online. Um, but it's not necessarily a substitute for talking about this stuff with other believers, which is where things like small group come in. Uh, we want to interact with other Christians, and we want to discuss what we're studying. We want to have them pray for us. We want to pray for those people. Um, you know, we want to discuss what God is teaching us, and we want to discuss what we can be doing better and how we can become more like God, uh, more like Christ, and live like he wants us to live. And so uh, church and small group are huge for kind of building that foundation and, and letting other people help you. Uh, talking about God. Um, there is, there is no substitute for talking about God with other people, um, you know, and even teaching about God and about God's word to other people. So we tend to learn a lot when we're teaching. And so talking to other people about this and talking about what God is teaching you, even if, and especially if you don't have all the answers, um, a lot of times I tell some of our kids ministry people, sometimes the best thing we can say is, I don't know. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why God allowed this. I don't know why, you know, God did this in the scriptures. Um, letting people know that we don't have all the answers is fine. And it's actually encouraged a lot of times because it doesn't make us seem like we have all the answers. Because if we act like we have all the answers, we, we have a problem. Um, so talking about God with other people, talking with your kids about God, this all leads back to centering our mind on God and building up a foundation of, you know, worshiping God with all with um, all of ourselves and with listening to and obeying the things that he's telling us. So, you know, as you read through the Bible, as you study, as you um, talk with your kids about God, talk with other people about God, as you go to your small group or listen in church, be thinking about what God's trying to tell you. And the big thing here is to apply it. Don't just hear what God has to say, but actually do it. All right, so that's all I've got for you guys today. Um, if you got questions, feel free to contact us, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for joining.